Welcome to podcast 231 of Five Star Potential. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, apparently I'm, I'm now an extra from EastEnders. <laughs> I'm Matt and on this week's pod I'm joined by Doop and Pedals. Good evening, gentlemen. <laughs> Good, evening. Good evening. We've got, we've got Dave on red injured and me on orange injured. That's all I'm saying. We're and Pedals. the cortisone injections. <laughs> yes. And then Paddles is just whatever that is, so. That's Irish. <laughs> Enough said. I was going to say, rudderless is what I was going to go for. So, n- never mind. No one else picked up on Without that. a paddle. <laughs> so, on this week's pod, we're heading to South Africa for a save update with Dupe, and we also delve into the January transfer window, and we'll definitely need a quiz, apparently. Um, so, let's get started. Dupe us. Take us through us. South Africa's. You were 100% going to go into a South African accent when you started saying South Africa the first time. And you uh, bottled it. South Africa. South African. Uh, is that Welsh? Doing the, doing the South African accent. Is that Welsh? I don't know. I probably just uh, absolutely insulted a lot of people. Okay, moving on. <laughs> anyway, let's go. I think that is a record. Did anyone have three minutes, 22 seconds? Because you've done it. Right. Um, I'm going to spill the beans really early because I'm very excited. But are you ready? I've won a Champions League! Yes! Yeah! Why are you um, clapping this? You, you'll never guess where. <laughs> South Africa. Um, <laughs> so we joined a South African team called Cape Town City Football Club, which we probably would have missed because since last time we spoke, I was still in China. China went really well until the Champions League. And I've kind of like Man city that at the moment. I just can't win it. Um I've even tried shaving my head and spending lots of money. I still can't win it. Um, so I've left China and I went to South Africa. We picked up a team. They were mid fourth, I think they were when I picked them up. There's only 16 teams in the league. We kind of finished the season and we won the league. Without adding anyone to it, we just won the league. We in- implemented our, our diamond tactic, which you can find on YouTube. And um, it, it pushed us to win the league. We then added a few more people in, some personnel in, because we noticed that we were creating lots of good chances. We had a lot of good attack midfielders and playmakers, but we had nobody that can put the ball in the back of the net. So we added a couple of goal scorers and they just, you'll never guess, but they they scored a lot of goals. Um, the following season, we just smashed everything that was in our path. Um, did really, really well. Apart from the, the little bit right at the end when there's a final that needs to be played. We had like the FA Cup final two days before the Champions League final. Um, I decided to rest my players the game before and we lost that in the league. Fine. But I decided to play quite a strong team against Kaiser Chiefs because they were, they were a good team. And um, Mad likes them because they say the word chief in them. And he says that more than Dave now. I'm just saying. I watched his streams. He true, says that a lot true. more than Dave. Um, and we won that game quite convincingly, 3-0. But I did take a few players off. Two days later, we have the, the travel from South Africa to, I think it was Libya, uh, where we were playing. And we went into that game with some tired folk, but like not overly tired. Like We, we could get through the 90 minutes. So we chucked our best 11 at it. We filled up the bench, we walked out on the pitch and we dominated from the first whistle until the 31st whistle, so the 31st minute and then the whistle blew because one of my players, a very out of character, all season not received a single yellow card, 
goes through the back of somebody and gets a red card. Um, we had had like nine or ten chances early on in that game in that first half an hour. They've had zero. And I'm thinking, how the hell do I now manage 60 minutes plus extra time plus potentially penalties with a man down and he is our box-to-box -box, and we only had one box-to-box. -box. We were never able to fulfill his slot anywhere else. We were always makeshifting when we put somebody else in there. So we, we swapped from our diamond to our very trusted highlight killer, which I, I talk about quite a lot, and didn't play a shadow striker and just had a striker up top. So it's basically a 4-4-2, but your two centre mids just sit in front of your, your centre backs. Uh, and we tried to just nullify the game. And my idea here was, yes, we can create chances from the off, and yes, we could potentially score, but it's going to tire us out and it's going to leave us um, exposed to try and keep hold of that lead for a lot longer than we need to. So I waited to the 80th minute and we didn't see a goal for them. So they had a few chances, don't get me wrong, but we didn't see anything. So I decided on the 80th minute, it was our time to push. We push now till the end. And then if it goes to extra time, we go back into our highlight killer and then we push again at the end of that extra time. It was thinking, let's do it at the end and let's try and smash and grab. Anyway, we hadn't created another chance from, from the 30th minute to the, to the 80th minute. We'd just been defend, defend, defend. I, I decided to go a bit more attacking. I dropped the, D, the DM from the diamond and I put him up top and we play uh, a back four, two midfielders, a, a shadow striker and two, two strikers. So we, were, we decided to proper go for attack, long ball. Let's just see what we can do. We had the talent. Anyway, we don't see much. 85th minute, we have a kind of a sniff of a chance. 89th minute, the ball comes over the top. He is one-on-one, -on -one, uh, one of our uh, strikers. He has scored 43 goals this season and decides this is the time for him to forget how to shoot. And he just gives it to the goalkeeper. And I think that's, that's the it. Moment. Okay. That is the moment done. The board goes up for two minutes. The 91st minute comes up and there's a highlight. My goalkeeper kicks it long. My shadow striker uh, gets it onto his chest. Plays it through a through ball to to my striker, who we recently we brought in, in in the summer because we wanted goals, and that's what that man did. He went in and dinked it over the goalkeeper in the ninety first minute. Cue the limbs, the arms, the legs, everything. I was dancing <laughs> yes. around like an absolute idiot. To which I then went, "Shit, right, sit back, everybody, sit back," and and we went on to win the game one 0 But it was just, it was amazing. So much so, like the game was that good and. I'm going to be completely honest. And I'm going to, I know, if I could do this, I wouldn't leave the house, but I'm going to blow my own trump here. I think the way that I managed the game in game was so good. And it was, it was a really good example of how going down to 10 men and being negative can actually work. And the way that you set up as negative as I was playing, I still had the positive output of, of, of an out ball at least. Uh, and the way that we went for it at the end, it was, uh, I've actually uploaded that to YouTube as well. <clears throat> plug um so you can actually go and watch the whole game and, and i thoroughly recommend it because it was it was it was very very good um so we literally left we we won the league we won the cup the champions league and like the community shield in in, in uh south africa we are we decided to leave and that was in the june fast forward to the J july mid middle of july and we were offered the palmeiras job in brazil they are mid Mid table, they're eighth, ninth, and like it's weird. Like the top seven get Libertadores, the the next seven get um the the like the Europa League. I can't think what it's called now, to be honest. It's the um 
Sudamericana, yeah? Mm. Uh, so that's like the the, the lesser tournament. Um, so there's Europe there, but I've played two league games, which we have did on stream tonight. And we've played the Copa Libertadores second round first leg, which we went 3-0 up away from home. So we're basically in the quarterfinals of the Libertadores. And by the end of August, we could have another Champions League three months after the first Champions League we won. Or not, don't get me wrong. But you never know. You never know. You've got to be in it to win it. And that's where we'll finish that lovely story, Matthew. I'm still... Um, <laughs> I'm, you, you said that the, the, the African Champions League final was in Libya. Correct. And you've had to park the bus for like about 65 minutes. So... I'm just uh, on Google here. The distance between Libya and South Africa is 6,200 kilometers. The road distance is 10,500 kilometers. The fans have um, really had a treat there to come and watch basically 80 minutes of sitting and parking the Defensive bus. But at least uh, at least you've rewarded them Duke, with a with a win. So fair play. Matt, I know your missus is out, but have you been outside recently, mate? No, not really. I'd recommend it, pal. Just go outside, touch some grass. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, yes, we won the Champions League, mate. Who cares? Nobody moans at Mourinho when they win the Cups. They only moan when they don't win it. To this it would, I would just say, I, I'm, I'm more like, at least the, the poor old fans, at least there was redemption in the end, getting the win. So ah, okay. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't whilst, Libya. Whilst you were regaling your story there, Dupe, Matt mm. was busy Googling distances between these two places I told him the wrong I told him the wrong place anyway it was Angola (laughs) no it was Angola Um, (laughs) so So all the fans went to Libya and the game was on in Angola so they weren't even there yes no awkward Um, Palmeiras who who played for this is very uh, awkward who played for Palmeiras was there Uh, Rivaldo? There are icons there. Maybe there's a few icons or legends. I'll have a look now. I'm just looking now. Um, you know me. I'm going to butcher names. Rivaldo, yes. Nice. I only know that because I saw that earlier. had Paulinho. Paulinho was at Palmeiras, right? Uh, pretend, uh, yes. Yes, he was. Yes. Um, I have just read the word Oberdan, and I thought that said Obertan. And I got a little bit worried because it's under the legends <laughs> section. And I'm like, fuck, what, what weird world are we living in? Um, but yeah, no, they're, they're, they're a good side. And uh, I think we'll do all right. Yeah, Obertan is a Palmyras legend in some weird virtual universe yeah. from a, an FM 2007 save, probably. He's a Newcastle legend. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, okay, if you say so. Right. We'll move on. Thank you very much for that, Dupe. Oh, well done, Dupe. Well, well done. Well done. Live that. GG's. It'll be in- interesting to see how your trip to Brazil goes. Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned. I'll just really just add, because I'm a bit concerned that once I do well in Brazil, I'm not going to be allowed back into ch- to Asia. So um, this might be like a, we'll try here, and if we don't get it, we'll go back to Asia, get the Asia like the Asian Champions League, and then come back to, to, America, uh, to South America. But hey, it's fun. This is why I wanted to do it. Get, I've never managed in Brazil. And it's just putting me so, out of my comfort zone. It's nice. Remind me what the like the entirety of the challenge is. So it is called the Goat Challenge, where we go completely unemployed to the top of the Hall of Fame via doing a Pentagon Challenge. So um, okay, that's that was the bit I was I was yeah. trying to work out what the point of like, mm. not the point of it is, but in terms of what makes it different to a like a, a standard Pentagon Challenge, really. Well, 
the reason that the, the goat challenge was just because it was it to me it seemed an interesting challenge to do, but I just didn't want to slip into oh I'll go lower league Germany and then go across to France and then England and then just live my life out in England and I, same save every single year. So I thought the, the adding the fact I had to do a pentagon in it would really open my kind of force you to make moves as well. Well, yeah, exactly, and make yeah. me move different places. And I, I've never, I, I've never managed in Africa, but it was great fun. I'd recommend it to Qu anyone, honestly. Quick question then: um, What? Because obviously there are different like league reputations to deal with as well. What happens if you go and win all of the Champions Leagues that you need to, but you're not top of the Hall of Fame by that point? Will you but, just keep on going round? Uh, yeah, or we'll just go and manage somewhere that we can decide to settle. Um, like, for example, I've said that because I've managed in North America before and we've done uh, we've done USA, I'd quite like to go to Mexico and win, a cha win the Champions yeah. League there. And in England, because I've... Uh, sorry, in Europe, because I've done England, France, Germany, Spain, all that, I want to go to Portugal and I want to win it in Portugal because for me, it's just something a bit different. So it's added extra layers to the save. And trust me, if it's if it's fucking October and I've not won it in Portugal, then I might move to Manchester United or, or someone just to get it done. But it's just for me, like, we're already uh, a thousand points in to the Hall of Fame. So, like, that's, that is quite a long way. And we've only kind of done one Champions League, but we've done a lot of work around that. Um, and I think the top is like 2,500, I think it was at the time. Oh, right. you, you, you should probably do it then, I'd have thought then. You are obviously always chasing that top guy, but luckily, for some reason, Pep Guardiola has retired. So he's never going nice. to add to his total. Whoa, that's mental that he's retired. But it is because in my other save last year when I did the achievement, and I the achievement to be top of the Hall of Fame, he finished on 5,300 points. And I'm like, it, it was such a difficult challenge to do. And here he's just gone, ah, fuck it. I ain't challenging you, mate. You crack yeah. on, son. You Not carry on. Follow me again for, for 20 years. So what, what, happ so, so what happens if you get to the, the top of the Hall of Fame, but you haven't won all the Champions League? And then I, I push the to do the Champions Leagues. Right. All oh, right. So that, yeah. is, that, that isn't like a, that's part of a requirement of the save. Then. Yeah. 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 Right. So Got yeah, you. definitely. Okay. I tell a lie. Sorry, I'm not. I'm it not taking you out. I'm just no, 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 no. I, and and I tell a lie. I'm interested. It is five thousand three hundred eighty points. This top, and that's Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, so it must have been a lot more than Guardiola was on in my in my other save. Uh, we are currently on eight hundred and ninety points, um, which I think is quite good for winning titles in India, China, and South Africa. Uh, we'll see. Was there, we'll see how it goes. Dude, was there more than one Champions League final in when you were in Asia? Did you get you get to at least? Just the one. No, I did three, three semi-finals, one final. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me, Matt. But you'd, you'd rack up a few points for them too, for sure. Yeah. Did you get relegated with Newcastle? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sweet. He thinks everything is a fucking attack. <laughs> dupe. Dupe. Okay. I know you're having a tough week, but not everybody's out to get you. Okay. <laughs> That's fun. Have fun. Anyway, Enjoy. we'll we'll move on on that note, joyful gentlemen, note. Uh, to. Our January transfer window window feature. I feel like I said more W's than necessary. Then never mind. We've put together a little list of of how we would work through a January transfer window. How to how to focus our mind, energy, and money on the differing types of deals that you could potentially get, um, and all of the other dealings that we work around, especially with the new 
deadline day feature that's well, the revamped deadline day feature in FM22. So our first point of call is pre-contract signings, gentlemen, and um, what filters we use to find them when we offer a contract and, and how doing your homework can make your team the one that they want to sign for when it comes to making that ultimate choice. Dupus. Oh, the Bosman rule. Oh, it's so good. So, you've got to be very full. The Bosman rule, maybe. I don't know what this Bosman rule is. Oh, it's because I got a blocked up nose, man. <laughs> I got I got COVID. Feel sorry for me. Anyway. No. Um, I've just... Don't talk to me about how I sound. I've just had to listen to you eat hula hoops. It's, it's been a nightmare. <laughs> they hula weren't hula hoops, were they? They sounded like them. Yeah. Anyway. Um... It's amazing. As long as you, like you said, put your homework in. So for me, pre, pre-contact signings, I'm going in, I'm looking at doubtful signings, and I'm looking at expires in 12 months. I'm doing this at the end of the, um, the summer transfer window that's gone. I am putting the work in there, and I'm highlighting a few that I like the look of, and then we are scouting them, we are talking about them, we are watching games, if they, and we are getting them to want to sign for us. And the minute that January drops, bang, we jump in like a premature gun and go and sign every single one. And then sell them eight months later for like a cut of, cut, um, a, an amazing price like I did in China. That's one of the best things in China. You could just get all these people over and then just sell them straight away. Um, but pre-contract signings, honest to God, can save saves. Like if you are skint and you've got no money, which I'm used to, then you can sure. genuinely, there's your bingo card, you could genuinely just, you could build a team with it, you know, three or four, three or four a year, easy as you like. And then sometimes, if you, if you get them prearranged, the club will go, oh, give us six million, you can have him now. Or give us five million, you can have him now. Uh, you know, so it can actually help you in the short term as well. But it's always about that. Earlier you get in there, the earlier you can get talking, you get talking to them, the earlier they know you're interested. I think it's worth mentioning as well about the leagues that obviously don't mm. follow one of the more European uh, sort of contract time alignments. So places in like Scandinavia, for example, they usually finish around <laughs> finish. Hello. <laughs> that wasn't a fun, but we'll, we'll, we'll have it. Uh, it's written in the they, script, they usually, so it's not that good. Yeah, <laughs> really, isn't it? Uh, for once, it's really not. Um, no, they, they usually end... In December, when yeah. the because I'm I'm not quite sure. It's been a while since I've I've played a game in 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 a Scandinavian country, but it's usually around the end of December. Although though some do have some even weirder times, or they're aligned with European clubs. It, but the, you do get the odd one. I say I think America is another one that has maybe February end contract point or something like that. Yeah. that I've seen occasionally pop up. I remember. Um... And Dube, you could probably check this. I remember playing Championship Manager 4. And when you, lo- I think it, the season would start in like 2002. And you could sign Kaka on a free in January. I think into January 2003 because of whatever, whenever the Brazilian league finishes. And he was still, still at the Brazilian team in that game before he obviously moved across to Europe. Is Brazil, I don't know what the timeline is in Brazil now. Maybe it's changed. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's early. January, it's okay? Jan- no, yeah, it's true. It's January, January. I, find, I believe, find like China, China's January, January. So yeah, like I suppose to, this, to the same point, it, it's not always, you know, wait till January to agree those deals. As Matt said, there's other players around. Um, I, I do find, well, like the, the Premier League has changed in the last few years that you can't, 
get pre-contracts now for Premier League players, or is that just me? Yeah, I've, I've, not if you're internal. If you're internal, yeah. no. Yeah. So, no, when, that's well, never been a thing. Uh, was it not a thing going back, even even back in the oh, day? Back in the day. I mean, it might be back in the back in the day. Matt will tell oh, us okay. that. It's 90s football. Yeah. Up to 90s football, man. So, what, 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 was, what was the particular question we were going for? I'm just trying to remember. There was a point when a Premier League club could sign another Premier League player on a pre-contract. Or am I wrong? Because now you can't, right? Is that not just Ashley Cole and the tapping out? Six, <laughs> it's um, it's like it, a month, I think. Yeah, is it a month at the end, is it? I think it's a month towards the end. Ah, it's, okay. it's pretty, like, I'm quite sure it's either a month or it might be three months. I think, yeah, I think it, you can you can start approaching them in at the end of May, basically. Right, okay. Yeah, so Unless the, that's changed recently, but that's what it always used to be. I don't know if that's accurate as, as to real life or whether that's just what, how it's implemented in FM, though. The, the only thing I'd add to a, uh, the, the pre-contract signing is treat it as if you're courting. So uh, if you go in early and you show your interest early in the night, you've got more chance of taking her home with you. If when the lights come on at the end of the night and you just grab the next bird, it's not, it's not, it's not that kind of <laughs> signed, sealed and delivered. That's the only kind of way I'd reference her. You've the never perfect, done that, have you? You don't look at me like that's weird for me. But I, was never, I wasn't dating in the Tinder. All right? I'm not a Tinder baby. All right. Davis, um, because you you talked about that like, like the pursuit and declaring the interest and all that. So like obviously in in my safe, we're keeping a, a big eye on um, Jordan Henderson. So um, we're in twenty twenty five twenty six now. Jordan Henderson is, is he like thirty four. He's still he's still going. He's still going. He's still a good player. He's still he's still playing for Liverpool in their top of the league. But his contract um, was basically out at the end of the season. Um, so we've come into January. Obviously you can't um, you can't make the offer yet. Um, so I was watching it he, still no sign of the contract being renewed whatsoever so I, I was thinking exactly what you're saying Dupe I was like he, he's no interest right now so I, I'll start making some throwing some shapes and whatever and then we've gone and spoke to the agent and bear in mind like this got all the way to, towards the end of January so he's not been given a new contract all the way up until January of that year so we've done one little um, approach to the agent just to, just to see would he be interested 100% not interested literally press continue and you know how you get the little preview n- news articles in the continue? Jordan Henderson signed a new deal. So the agent has fucked off back to Liverpool and said, oh yeah, we've got a big club coming in here for Jordan. You better give him a new contract. And um, now, now they've added and a year on. So the club is Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, they, they definitely didn't mention that. <laughs> <laughs> right, so now we're going to wait till he's about 37 before we can uh, have any chance of getting him in. After. Let me tell you a little tip to do. If you are trying to get a pre-contract player in and a aren't showing much interest or you speak to the agent and they're not showing much interest, put a bid in for them. Okay. Just put a bid in for them. What will happen is the club will take a lesser price. You can't afford it. It's fine, but just get that bid accepted. Go in and, and uh, speak to the player, get them to sign a contract. Okay. And then walk away from the deal at the end. Right. What it does is it will make that player then interested to go to you. And then you can then just carry on your scouting, carry on your talking and you'll have uh, opportunities come up in the press because you can they'll say, oh, it's a failed thing. And you're like, oh, yeah, but it's fine. We'll go back in at the next opportunity. And that way you can get him. You can you can kind of get him on your favoured side. Interesting. The dark arts, mm. so to speak. The dupe arts. Hacks. Ah, the hacks. <laughs> uh, I disagree. <laughs> uh, you also play with actually masking off, so... <laughs> So what am I? <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> what am I? Crikey. 
Oh, anyway, right. Uh, next point is inflated prices. So obviously, the January window is notorious for price inflation, but if you can hold your nerve, there are bargains to be had on deadline day. Uh, so, has anyone experienced such a thing happen where you've had a, a key target that you've been really wanting to sign, um, but have been sort of trying to push your luck a little bit and try and drive the price down as much as is possible? I only have it. No. No, no, no. I was waiting because Matt looked like he looked up at the sky and it was as if he was being inspired by the man above, but uh, no, it wasn't. Um, I only have it. I had it in the beta um, when I was Manchester United and I can't. I think it was Gabriel uh, uh, Barbosa. Um, and I believe we basically used the ticking clock as our way of going, yeah, we'll want him, but I want him for this price. And they were so adamant on the price they wanted. And I went, you know, like when you go in and it says, we don't think you've got enough time to make this deal. So a loan deal might be better. It must be the one continue before that came up. And I must have just, and they just accepted the offer that we wanted that we've been pushing for from, you know, two weeks ago. Um, but yeah, you got to hold your nerve. You got to have somebody there ready to go. Um, and I, that's, that's difficult. Especially, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen much of this deadline stuff because out across the pond and, in Asia and in Africa, we don't see it down there. So I'm excited to actually get back to to Europe and see it a bit more. But yeah, that's a, it's a brave tactic, Matt. You've got you've got to be ballsy in that, but you can seriously do it. And you can also do it the other way as well. When that clock's going down and people are coming in for your players, ah, now nah, you'll clearly want him and you need him. It's all about that supply and demand. You know, up it up a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm just thinking of Andy Carroll and Liverpool. Uh, pants being pulled down. And then some. I think you're right, Dupe, though. I, well, for me, it's been more getting hammered with bids for for our players. Now, I'd say it's probably because I usually end up spending, in most of my saves going back, like whenever Bologna or Angers or any of them, most of the money's already been spent in the summer because just just lose the, lose the mind and fucking spend it all. Um, but I have noticed in January that club, other clubs do go crazy. I think it's it's definitely it's built into the game, especially clubs struggling or maybe maybe borderline relegation in that. Um, the one player that comes to mind for me, and, and I think it's it kind of touches on um, something they've probably put a bit more focus on in game, which is like loan to buy. And that's where I've done pretty well in, in January. The one that comes to mind was um, um, we at Bologna last season we didn't have any money and we were kind of struggling so I was looking at Brian Bobby. do you remember we were, we were fans of Brian Bobby for a while Dupe I think um, good little player and uh, I got him on a loan to buy and he came in and because we were like down around relegation he was the kind of player that just came in a bit of a papi Cisse he kind of just scored in a few big games when we really needed it um, and then we've ended up uh, uh, um, triggering the optional fee for very little cash that we didn't have in January but we were able to spend with the prize money that we knew was coming so that's a, that's a, a good one for January, for sure. For me, though, like, as much as it... January transfer windows as they are, I mean, I don't want to shit on what's coming next, is is always a panic station. But to leave it to the last minute is, is just screams to me is poor squad management. Right, who, well, who, I wouldn't... I wouldn't, I wouldn't it, could, it can be, but also, if, if you're, like... My my general tactic, aside from, like, outside of like the pre-contract stuff, is waiting until 
uh, like w- checking the transfer list all the time on that on the deadline day because there are new th- new players that get added in quite late on, and there are some absolute bargains to be had. So sometimes, like, like, so bit of background, uh, much like you do, I didn't have uh, a lot of experience with deadline day um, because I was. I was in Germany, but I was in a lower division and they didn't really have it. In fact, I didn't even survive long enough in that job to get to a point where I was dealing with a transfer window. Uh, then, actually, no, I did. I had one transfer window, but we had no money and so couldn't do anything. Then at Billericay, lower league, don't have a deadline day as such. It's kind of irrelevant because I'm only signing players for free, uh, on, like signing them on non-contract terms or the occasional loan from like Prem or Championship Club. Uh, but since jumping from Billy Ricky after getting them promoted twice I've gone from League 2 to the Eredivisie and now I so now I'm actually getting deadline day features and I've inherited two really really very good young players that have had that they're worth well the the estimates in game range from like 500k to 13.5 million per player which they are by far the highest value players bar one senior player, I think, that I've got. One of them 16, the other one's 17. And I get, I get hammered for bids for those. But um, I've managed to somehow, I don't get a huge amount of money, but I've, so I have been checking the transfer list for absolute bargains. And so that's kind of, I guess my behaviour in the transfer market is kind of dictated by the amount of money that I've got. But I've I've seen I've have seen a load of players, either players that were on the list but weren't previously interested, but now because we've got further into the transfer window, they are now interested in joining us. But the the main point I was going for was that I had main targets that have either already gone to someone else, or they've uh, relinquished their transfer request or signed a new contract at their their existing club and decided to stay now. So any permutation of any of those scenarios which means that I then have to shift focus towards someone else instead anyway Uh, so I I find that whilst it can be down to squad management sometimes you can't also afford to look a gift horse in the mouth yeah sometimes those January those January deals are just too tempting aren't they they are they are it's like Black Friday but for humans and we'll just yeah I'm not going to go down that road, Matt. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, anyway, Move trimming, on, please. <laughs> <laughs> trimming your own squad is sort of something we were lightly touching on there, so we'll we'll move on to this. So, um, obviously, you can use this time to get rid of your dead wood or to just top up the transfer budget, like Mad was doing with uh, summer in mind. So, do you tend to get rid of players in this window, like, or, or are you more willing to let a contract run down I guess uh, when it comes to I guess it, that's more of a lower league tactic like from the championship downwards I, I guess other teams do it but as well but um, for the likes of Blackburn where they have a number of players running down contracts they'll likely try to they do one of two things they will hold on to a player and then wait for the last 12 months and then bin them off uh, for as much as they can or they will wait for the contract to run down and then try and, uh, in the January window, they will do like a fire sale and try to get what they can for them. Um, what is your general approach to this, like when it comes to selling players in the January transfer window? For me, it's if they've got six months left, they're on the transfer list straight away. If I'm not going to re-sign them, bang, put them on the transfer list. And I am talking 
any value is better than no value, right? So if this guy's on 50 grand a week and he's got 25 weeks left of the, I don't know how long it is. It's not that long. It's 20 weeks or whatever. That's going to cost you money. So if you can get anything from that and him off your wage bill, happy days. Secondly is I go down and if you've not played in those first six six months or first half of the season, you're very much likely not to kind of play in the second half of the season. So you're on the chancel list as well. I don't need you. And then I will just like bring that all together and pick a couple of players to, to pull in. But I would have preferably scouted them before and not just gone. Yeah, actually, uh, we're going to do this on a whim. So everything needs to be planned. Your point as well, like Dupin, it doesn't always make it obvious in the game. You know, you might get like a 1.5 or 2 million bid. It doesn't make it that obvious in the game. You're thinking, oh, it's not really a whole lot of money. But as you said, it's going to be more than the wages you pay them or it could be less than the wages you pay them. So it's it's important to maybe just do a quick calculation. What I do find is, um, I, I guess, I, I, what I tried to look at, I suppose this save has made me change my, my approach a little bit because I'm limited with who I can sign um, with the rules in there. I do look at kind of two things. One is, so if, if he's going to be a squad player and if, if, you know, I think, you know, in the Premier League, there's nine players on the bench. So, you know, you're talking, you're always wanting to have a good 20 players fit. Um, so for me, I, I've been a little bit kind of less in a hurry to sell and let the contract roll out if there's value there. And also the other thing is um, quite a few players there were like very influential in the dressing room, even though they're not playing. Um, there is like a, I suppose, like an intrinsic value or whatever, like a, uh, an internal value there of keeping them around because football manager has gone very, um, very uh, millennial <laughs> at times when um, you're looking at these players kicking off because you've sold their best friend and they're like, why the hell did you sell him? And uh, it really, it really shits on the morale and you really don't want the morale to be in the bin um, in January. So that's, that's just things to take into consideration before kind of just give me the cash, give me the loot. Uh, my my own sort of situation I've actually screwed myself over more than anything else to be fair sometimes it's down to those pesky contract rejections from the players you're trying to sell on that annoy me more than anything but there have been a couple where I've I've thought I can get a bit more for this player and I've I've seen a decent bid come in but it's not quite enough and I've held out and in the end that they either reject the contract that they're offered by the team that have bidded for them or for whatever reason, it falls through for another reason, like work permit or anything else. And then I have to sell them. I try to resell them again, whether it be in the summer or in the same window. And I end up having to take like a cut price. I've had one one player, get, I think it was an offer for like 600k. And in the end, he went for like 150 in the same window because this bonkers team, I think they must have overbidded somehow. And then he rejected the contract and then they were no longer interested, obviously. And so the next person to come in, his contract was up in the summer anyway, to be fair. But like 600k down to 150k within a week is pretty mental. And I'm quite annoyed about that one. That's triggered so, me uh, as well, uh, Matt. That's just triggered one other thing that really annoys me as well in this. If you're trying to kind of get a quick, you know, you're trying to make a sale, get, get them off the books pretty quickly. I do find a lot of the time... I don't know, I can't remember if it's the player or the club coming back saying, oh, will you pay X percent of the wages for a permanent sale? And that, I'm just like, no, I fucking won't. <laughs> you know. But I, it keeps happening. I've seen it quite a few times and um, it drives me crazy. And I think it's probably more inclined to happen when you're 
trying to get a quick sale. Let's say you've got a few days left in the window. Um, sometimes the player themselves doesn't really want to leave. Make it contracts quite. I remember doing doing those sorts of things, trying to get like basically trying to eke out as much of a small wage budget as possible, and you end up having to. I, I, don't, I vaguely I don't know if it was just the way it was implemented or whether it would be how it's done in real life, but having to almost set up two contracts. So you set up the period that the the selling club will uh, uh, he would have been contracted to them for that you're paying a percentage of, like you're getting a percentage paid of, and then you've basically got the continuation after that. So if they've if they're on a, a in only you know in a they're only one year into a three year contract, you then have to set up a two-year contract that you're paying 50% off, for example, and then however long is left on the deal you're proposing, you have to then set up another one. And I usually got screwed over in that one. Mm-hmm. They'd be quite happy to take the whatever, the 50% or whatever the hit is that they're taking. But then when they want to sign the actual contract with you, it's like double what they're on to start with because you're like shit compared to the team you're trying to buy off. Um, so that was always a, a frustrating moment as well. But that's been a while since, I mean, I've been put, probably put off for a while from doing it mainly because of that. Um, Scared. Anyway, we'll move on to Word, <laughs> indeed. Uh, move on to the final bit, which is doing the right deal. Um, so I feel like this is more of a dupe thing than anything else. Wow. Um, structured. Because you are a wheeler dealer and structured. Did you, just call me, did you just call me a wheeler dealer? Is that how you, is that, was that red that got really <laughs> shitty when yeah, that happened? Yeah, yeah. I remember. You do hang out of car windows frequently. As well, uh, so leave hangs, my dog and out of this, man. Yeah, <laughs> in, in car windows. <laughs> the glass is misty on the inside. Stay away. Oh dear me! It's like a scene from the Titanic. No, no. Thank what, you, Matt, 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 for, uh, Wow. Okay, that's not where <laughs> I was going with it. Uh, I was actually going. Matt, Matt actually did just gesticulate correctly, which was uh, hand, up, hand up to the glass window and wipe. Window. But, oh, okay. Sorry. It's when we all learned what sex was. Reference is older Matt. than Dave, so. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, Matt. I just thought you meant you were talking about something going down. That was all. <laughs> um, no, I wasn't actually. But you know, never mind. We'll. Doing the right deal, gentlemen. Let's get yes. this back on track. <laughs> no, 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 no offers here about doing the right deal. Um, Joe's written here in in the outline about um, if you've spoken to an agent about a, a January transfer, and you'll most likely have had a response that the club don't want to sell mid-season, and then uh, Joe then goes into some length about how to basically get what you want um uh, you know but judge uh, balancing the actual finances of the deal so he suggests looking at what the the transfer cost is expected to be in the summer and then making a lucrative quote unquote loan offer with an optional or a mandatory fee in keeping with that original valuation um so do you've got your you, you want to carry on yeah, I just want to say this is something that I, I think I think Mad touched upon it and I see a lot of people doing or I see a lot of AI doing that makes a lot of sense yet I've not done it yet. And I feel like it should be something that's done more. This whole uh, appreciation to the loan with the mandatory and the optional fee in this version of the game is very high because of COVID and all that jazz. But it's something that can be really used to your advantage. Almost a... Uh, you know, a try before you buy. You can, you, you don't have to, 
it's the way you can structure the loan deals is so to, towards your advantage, yet you can still make it very lucrative. You can put that optional fee very high and they, you know, the AI could be, oh, hang on, we got something here. And it could just plug that gap that you need them to do. Uh, one thing that I've seen is uh, it's like optional fee after 20 games or something, or the fee, become, it becomes mandatory after X amount of games or something, which seems very logical and very sensible. And that's something you could play to your advantage. But no, I've never done the right deal, Matt, because it's all structured and I've got no money. <laughs> I had to go back <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> I think I've noticed something. I, I don't know if it's a bug or not. Um, I've kind of noticed it in the last one or two windows. Because I've made a couple of bids for like on loan. So during the whole Northern Boys fiasco, we were kind of saying, well, we can loan in one or two uh, players a season for the first four seasons while we're sorting ourselves out when I've gone to loan a couple of players the the team like let's say I think I was trying to loan Deli Ali from Spurs at one point and they had a mandatory fee in and I said you know we obviously don't want to have a mandatory fee in because he's, he's never going to join us permanently when I've switched it to I literally just changed it to optional so from mandatory to optional for the same price just so that it's optional and they've dropped the mandatory fee like they've dropped it down lower because it's optional I don't know is that like are they smarter than me or <laughs> are they playing, are they playing mind games? That's a difficult question. Uh, <laughs> Do you want me to answer that? Probably. Please don't. Um, but yeah, that was a strange one I spotted. But like, in, in a way, something that maybe could be capitalized on if they're looking for a mandatory fee, you might actually get them cheaper for the optional fee if you do decide you want to keep the player. So um, I think that's something to keep an eye out for. What I have also noticed, though, is it's not as easy as it was to kind of get get whatever you want when it comes to the to the loan deal like the clubs are looking for the monthly fees and even if you make the slightest change to what they originally asked for they're bumping up the they're bumping up the monthly yeah, I, fee or the percentages or whatever um, my my the, the big issue i had with with dealing with loans um like removing the mandatory fee and making it optional was wasn't didn't seem to be the issue but if it was me loaning a younger player and a lot of teams want me to play them in a specific role and mm. that was the problematic thing and as soon as i adjusted that bearing that this was i this has been uh, both Billa Ricky and now at Gronigan bear in mind i don't have a huge amount of money and we're one of the, the sort of relegation fodder in Eredivisie so trying to loan players from Ajax is pretty much like what i'm trying to do really to bolster the 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 small amount of quality players that we do have and as soon as I start adjusting things like player roles or even even just the position on the pitch that they play, they, they'll start demanding, they'll go from not wanting anything to saying, right, okay, in which case you can pay all of his wage and I can't. So I end up effectively pricing myself out of a move. And I've had it quite often where um, I've, sometimes it's a summer thing, uh, like I'll, I'll have signed them in the summer and said yes whatever I just need need a body in and then it'll come to January and they'll have recalled him because I'm not being playing him in that role that he want, that they wanted him to be played in so I found that they are a bit more aggressive and obviously you can have two year loan deals as well so it's something to be aware of that if you are agreeing to something now the managers even if the clubs aren't the ma some of the managers are a lot more aggressive in their expectation of how their young stars are to be played, especially if they've sort of earmarked them for the future. We had this. Do you know who was the aggressive manager? Fucking Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. 
the, the baby-faced assassin. We had we had the boy Shola, Shola Shoratiri on loan um, before we bought him baby permanently. It was like season three. Forward. And um, we, were playing him as an in, we were playing him as an inside forward um, left, I think. And I must have had, like, in the first kind of, you know, between September and Christmas, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer coming in once a month. Why aren't you playing Shola in his, in his, in his preferred role? Which was inside or inverted winger left. Like... I'm playing him as an inside forward in every game and he's complaining because he wants him as an inverted winger in the same side, right? Every time I've re- replied to him, I've said, he's getting enough He's getting enough game time, why does it matter? And he goes, oh yeah, fair enough. And then he comes back in the following month. Then in January, they call him back. No warning, no nothing, they've recalled him. And uh, I, that's forever Ole Gunnar Solskjaer on my fucking shit list anyway. Chief. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had it where... I've actually had it where the it's a I don't know whether it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation I think. The manager will come to me saying I'm not happy with where you're playing them. Uh, and then all of a sudden the player's unhappy because seemingly they're the one that's gone off and cried to their manager but the manager's brought it to me as an issue. And then you've then got two issues to deal with because then you've got the morale drop from that particular player with him crying about where he's playing and then within within about three days after that discussion you, you get a news item that says they're now happy playing with or they're no longer concerned with the position they're playing in and I haven't changed anything it just feels a bit dodgy and then there have been a few that where I've sort of managed to weather the storm and they've stayed the season but then there have been others where they've just you know just pulled them straight away I guess maybe um, it's a call to keep the loan cannot be terminated claws in there um, to try and combat that but you know hacks again I can tell you um, I could tell you Matt yes, yesterday the day before was my best ever January um, transfer signing and I'll, I'll tell you why so we, we're in the championship with Newcastle and we don't really need to talk about that um, so basically we're looking for a midfielder um, we need kind of like a just a normal kind of box to box or whatever so we've, we've gone for a chap called Dan Barlazer, Barlazer, I don't know. He's a former Newcastle Academy um, player who moved to Rotherham, like, I don't know, a couple of years ago. We're in 2025, 26. So we said, okay, look, he'll do. He'll be a squad player. We have the cash. We spend eight million on him. Um, probably overpaying for him in January, but it is what it is. I've not realized that um, he was, you know, obviously he was in Newcastle before. So we've paid eight million and that we've gone into the next screen, press continue. Due to a sell-on clause guaranteeing them 50% of the agreed transfer fee, Newcastle will receive 4 million following Dan Barlazer's 8 million move from Rotherham to Newcastle. <laughs> so we've paid 8 million and got 4 back, not even really realising. Um, I like to think it was very shrewd, even though I didn't really know it was going to happen. So uh, there's a bit of, bit of hacks there. Check those release clauses, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and they're funny, eh? These bloggers know fuck all when, yeah, when, yeah, when yeah. everyone's watching. Hey, there you go. There hey. you go. <laughs> I, I look good. I look good. How many Dave and reloads happen? That's going to be the next question that gets thrown oh. around. Yikes. Who's Dave? Dave? Yikes, indeed. <laughs> anyway, any more for any more, or shall we move on to the quiz? We'll move on to the quiz. It may be good, it may be poop, but one thing's for certain it's a quiz from Doop. Okay, gentlemen, it's a nice, easy one today. As we were talking, about January transfers. We're going to talk all about January transfers and the top January transfers that have happened in the most recent history. So 
I have in front of me a list of the 25 most expensive transfers in that's happened in January from foreign club to Premier League or from Premier League to foreign club or from foreign club to foreign club. Okay, so it could be anywhere and everywhere. Okay. The top so, 25 ever, Duke. Like just of all time. Ever. Ever. Okay, so what I'm going to do is... I'm going to ask you individually. We're going to go from Matt to Matt, and you are going to tell me who. And uh, literally, all I want to know is a player that you think is in the top 25 that is transferred in January. If you get it right, and it's 20, 25th person, you get 25 points. Okay? Ah, uh, stop. <laughs> no, that's, what, that's, that's correct. Right? And then it is the person with the highest amount of points wins. So you could go easy. And you could go top because everyone knows who's top, and probably second, and probably can, third. Can we for the, sometimes for the speed, it's... speed and ease? Can we do it together <laughs> to remove <laughs> no. the entire entire amount of the competition? <laughs> okay, so Mad, you go first. Anyone out of that top twenty-five list? We are going to do quick fire, and you're probably going to get what? I'll give it ten goes each if you can do it quick enough. If not, we'll drop it to eight. So it's better to go lower, like not to yeah, be lower value. Yeah, it's better value. to okay. risk it. But if you're um, wrong, you're wrong. I'm going to go current, and I'm just going to go with um, Ferran Torres. He's just moved. Ferran Torres is correct from Man City to Barcelona for 49.5 million as per transfer market, and he is number 10. So you get 10 points for that, Matt. Well done. The most Matt. points I've ever gotten a quiz. Jeez. I know. Matt, <laughs> your go. Luis Suarez. Luis Suarez is correct but he's not on my top 25 matt because oh. he doesn't make the list by 2.8 million oh that's bollocks it's not bollocks <laughs> it is the truth no that's fine it's more like i yeah. went too low you did too low we know yeah. we, we know the bar now you know the bar matt you'll go again um no rush bruno fernandez Bruno Fernandes is correct. He went obviously from Sporting to Manchester United for 56 million. He is number six, Matt. She wants 16 points. But Matt could do it in one go. Look yeah, at this. I don't Matt, like this go. at all. <laughs> I'm I will start giving Andy clues Carroll. if we slow down. Sorry? Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll, Definitely. we spoke about him earlier. He went from Newcastle to Liverpool. He is number 12 on the list. Mad, you'll go. Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go Van Dyke. I know he's high, but... Verge. Verge the Merge. He came second. He is number two from Southampton oh. to Liverpool. Mr. Hall. Nerd Phonic. When you're ready, oh. sir. I'm not ready. I, <laughs> That's I literally the only two I've got my <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, maybe in a minute I'll start giving some clues, but Do don't that? forget, this is updated daily. Oh, no. A date? Oh, that doesn't necessarily help. I'm used to looking at championship transfers. Um, Who gives a shit about the real leagues? <laughs> there's, a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of championship teams on it, I'll be honest. Um, and probably championship players looking at them, but they're not. Um. Mm, 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 
We'll give him some time, it's okay. All my chances are melting into one. Go back to Mad, I'm useless. Okay, life. so you're going to pass on that one. Mad? I think you were angling at one there, but I'm just wondering is the value. I'm confused about the Suarez one not being in. Like mm. Chris Wood? You fell for the trap. Christopher Wood obviously went from Burnley to Newcastle for an undisclosed fee because they haven't point. announced what it was. <laughs> but he is there. Just. Just. I will show you my source. You can't, because Matt looking angry at me. Uh, he is number 21, Matt. Okay. How what much I'm was Suarez? Do, Matt, what did Suarez because, move for? Uh, never, mind, never mind. I can tell you. I can tell you. Suarez was number... 5 was it? For, was it less for than 23.8 million. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It was, le- it was more than I thought it was. Mm. Oh, well, that's what it says on transfermarket.co.uk. And they're normally pretty good, to be fair. No, I um, say it's whatever your source says. That's why. I mean, yeah, like exchange a, rates. In my head, it's like twenty-two point five. That's like what I had in my head from like when that happened. What twelve years ago? Jesus. Yeah. Well, what we'll do, Matt, if you have one more guess, and then I'm going to start giving some clues uh, to some of them. So, um, or if if Matt puts his fingers in his ear because it's only for fun, I can give you a clue now. <laughs> Go on then. This is a massive tube, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll give you a clue. And you, this might help you or not, but this would certainly put you very close to being in the lead. Oh. Friday Night FM's favourite player, uh, one of his favourite players, who have ever put the, the, the West Ham shirt on. It's, it's a big guess. He currently plays in France. And he's got a shit haircut because he, he keeps getting bottles oh, thrown at Dimitri his Dimitri Payet. Correct! Yeah. Dimitri Payet is correct. Uh, 23, Matt, he was. Number 23. Right, that's number four. So two more. Let's go to six because an hour pod. Matt, you'll go. Would you like a clue on what a couple or are you good to go? Because you're quite knowledgeable by the looks of Not saying that Matt isn't. but I, I am not. I let's say completely whiffing on all of this. Like... 90s transfers done. Uh, the, the earliest is 15. Oh no, 10 11. There's another 10 11 there. Two 10 11s. I'm just going to go with that, um, Torres. Fernandez. That's the one I was stating. Yeah. Torres obviously went from uh, Liverpool to Arsenal. Uh, Liverpool to, what's her name? Chelsea. 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 Uh, and he then missed a sitter at Old Trafford, which made me happy. He was number nine, just below or just above Torres. Baron Torres. The Torreses were together. Uh, was, was Berbatov a January transfer? Dimitar Berbatov was a January transfer. I iconically remember him walking across, but unfortunately, not, not to make the for list. this amount by the looks of it. As I'm scrolling down... 18.7 or something i got in my head. Uh, probably, but it, it's, not, it's not here. It's, I, can't, I, I can find Louis Swaha. Swaha? Saha, uh, I should Saha. say. Uh, no, I can't find him, Matt. So um, I'll pass. I'll come back on that one. What about um, Aubameyang? Aubameyang's is is correct. Is that your guess? A lot, yeah, it is a lot of money. Though. Yeah, he is a lot of money. Uh, wasted. Uh, yeah, a lot of money. He's fifth highest. Right, I'm going to give you clues. Matt, you won that, but let's give you clues for the others so you can just go through them. Uh, newly signed Aston Villa, but that wasn't the deal. Lucadinha? No, Lucadinha? we're going from top to bottom. So number one, 
Oh, Coutinho. Coutinho is correct. Uh, Manchester City defender was Spanish, was French. Not really sure what nationality he is. Um, Laporte. Laporte is correct. Captain America. Which one? The Captain Pulisic. America. Oh, correct. Okay, I thought it was linked to the last one. <laughs> it's, it's I'm just going piece. down. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 biggest, the angriest striker known to man suited when he played for Atletico Madrid was Spanish, was Brazilian, Costa, not really Diego sure. Costa. Diego Correct. Costa. Um, breakthrough going over to Shanghai uh, from Chelsea. Oscar. And Oscar is correct. Yeah, he was number eight. Um, small English, uh, small uh, Manchester United midfielder, still at Manchester United, did come from Chelsea. Very, very small. Matter. Correct. Um, I nearly, uh, said, went, I nearly said Kante there, and that was just completely <laughs> went wrong. To, <laughs> went to City from Wolfsburg. Um, he is a striker, De scored a lot of goals. Jekko. No, Jekko um, is correct. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, they have this deal on, which is... I thought this was a swap deal. Maybe it's not. He is a Chilean uh, oh, striker. Sanchez, Sanchez is correct. And then Sanchez. the other one? First, no. The oh, other one that uh, did the other way? I can't fucking remember his... Mkhitaryan is correct, Matthew. Yeah, well done. That's the, what was um, oh, yeah, yeah. Dan, Dan's brother. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> okay, that's 50. We've only got a couple more, so I'm going to fly through these now under the timer. Uh, we have a player that went from, strangely went from Swansea to Manchester City with nearly £30 million. Oh, Bonnie. Bonnie. Come on. Yes, correct. I was going to sing the song. Um, Christ himself, Gabriel... Jesus. 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 Uh, uh, Chelsea to Wolfsburg, left winger German. Uh, Andre Schürrle. Schürrle. Correct. Blackburn. No, um, was he a Blackburn match or not? Fulham. 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 Holdby. Uh, so quite a disparity there between those two teams. No, I was thinking it was <laughs> Lewis seven Hol goals. Thank Lew you. For that. Lewis Holdby, I think, was over. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Last couple. 19. Uh, is a uh, right wing back made by Conte. Uh, he now plays at, I think it's Juventus. Um, he used to play for Chelsea. Big bushy Afro-Colombian. Danilo? No. Um, he's taller than that. Quan Quan Quadrado. Juan Quadrado. Yeah, oh, yes, nice. correct. Shout match. Just moved to Villa. We've mentioned him before, the left back. Luca Dean. Correct. Mm -hmm. The all that's... Um, I didn't think it was this much, but apparently he's maybe potentially on the move again. PSV to Spurs, 27 million. Um, oh, um, Dutch boy. Um, Ber, uh, the Dutch Ber, boy. Bergwijn. Yeah, apparently he's going elsewhere. I didn't know Already? That. Yeah. Uh, last two. Uh, again, Spurs involved. They never spend any money. PSG to Spurs, Brazilian right winger. Scores the iconic goal or the iconic Mora. hat trick. Moore is correct. And the last one is... The Chelsea midfielder, Brazilian, that goes to China uh, after Oscar for 25 million. Ramirez. Ramirez is correct. There you go. There you go. January's a fucked up month. Yes, weird transfers there, but that was all from www.transfermarket.co.uk. Okay. Um, facts. Facts. Good one, at dude. least uh, accurate at the point of recording, anyway. Correct. Mm. There you go. Lovely. Well, thank you very much for that, Duke. That was, I enjoyed it, even if I was shit. So yeah, that's what my wife says about sex. Matt, we can we put in a request for the dupe jingle to make a comeback this week for the quiz? No, no, <laughs> I don't do the quiz often enough. Exactly why. But but I've recorded it now, so 
<laughs> okay. Request accepted and approved. Done. <laughs> right. That brings episode 231 to a close, gentlemen. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting fivestarpotential.com. If Duke reminds me what links he was plugging earlier, I'll put those in the description too. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week where we have a special guest. You'll find out who that is next week as well. Say goodbye. Folks. Bye, Bye folks. folks.